0: Hello and welcome to and let's be heard for Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. I'm Mike Gachopoli. I almost forgot what day it was. It's one of those weeks, it's, it's, it's crazy weeks, right? Where it's like, uh, it feels like Monday now, right? Because we reset after yesterday, because yesterday, the 4th of July being Tuesday, Uh, people took off Monday and Tuesday. Now, some people are back to work today. Not everyone. I am. I'm back. Are you back? Or are you one of those people that just decided, well, I'm going to take the whole week off? Ah, the heck with it. Take the whole week. A lot of people seem to be doing that. But for those of us that haven't, it's kind of a weird week. So it is Wednesday. It is the middle of the week. I hope you had a very happy Fourth of July. I hope no one blew off any fingers or toes or arms or anything else with fireworks. It was just insane here in San Francisco. I mean, fireworks have been going off finally. I don't think I hear any yet. But of course, as I speak, it's only 11 p.m. here. So lately, the fireworks have been going off at 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Last night, I went to see a movie, and I came out of the movie about 11 p.m. And it was like a, a war zone. It was like a war zone. You could smell the fireworks. You can hear them. You couldn't even tell exactly where all the explosions were coming from. They were, like, all around me. And it felt like a war zone. Ah, oh, I love the smell of, what was that line? Napalm in the morning. Oh, love the smell of fireworks in the evening. Smells like, smells like stupidity. Utter stupidity here in San Francisco. There are no cops anymore. I think I saw one cop the whole day, the 4th of July. I think I saw one police car. So, cops don't exist here anymore. There's really no law. I took an Uber to the movie theater. And uh, I didn't even start speaking. I was just sitting there silently. And the Uber driver said that we now are living in a a lawless city. No cops. He said this. Lawless city. No cops. And criminals can do whatever they want. People can do whatever they want. There's no repercussions. No one cares. There's no one to stop them. So it was literally... A war zone here i mean it was fireworks and the 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 real loud ones too right I, i i didn't see many of the colorful ones just those really loud ones huge explosions and this was not just yesterday obviously yesterday was the worst of it but it was like two weeks leading up to yesterday you know and this is supposedly illegal right Yet people do whatever they want here. It doesn't matter. And they knew they could do what they want. Now, some people are saying, oh, Mike, stop being so picky about this stuff. It's the 4th of July. People always do this. Yeah. But the problem is, it's that mentality now here where it's like we can do whatever we want. Whatever we want to do, we can do. And no one's going to stop us. Right. And that's uh small things like fireworks, although it's not always small, right? People blow their fingers off, the buildings go on fire. Uh, but it's if you want to say fireworks is a small thing, fine. But then it's all the way from there up to looting, robbery, rape, killing. They can do whatever they want here now. Once again, it was the Uber driver who said that to me. I didn't say a word, I swear, I swear to you. I didn't start any conversation about politics or crime, and the Uber driver just said, I don't see a cop here in San Francisco anymore. We don't see cops, and people can do whatever they want, you know. We were driving through the Mission area, and he was saying how it looks like a third-world country, right? Um, dirty, incredibly dirty. Then he asked me about New York, because I know my New York accent. He said, how about New York? And I said, no, New York's a little bit cleaner. And he was like, really? I said, yeah. I said, look, it's not clean. It's run by Democrats, so it's not clean. But it's cleaner than San Francisco, you know? And uh, he was like, oh, he was just a little surprised. I said, well, I, I should say, look, I tell you, I travel a lot, and San Francisco is the worst. It's the worst of the worst, you know? This is the Uber driver saying this, so... You really should listen to your Uber driver. Why? Because they're out and about all the time. These people work six, seven days a week, 10, 12 hours a day, and they go through all of the areas in your your city, right? They deal with a lot of different people. They go through a lot of different neighborhoods. So these are the people you should listen to. And this guy was very clear to me that he doesn't see police anymore. And I have to back that up because I rarely see police here. And like I said, on the 4th of July, I saw one police car the entire time, right? It's almost like, well, it's not almost like. It is. The police have said there's nothing we can do. We'll do what we can do, and that's all we can do. And there's not much we can do. So you don't see them around much anymore. So the criminals have taken over. The criminals have absolutely taken over our cities. And uh, we are all at the, uh, bent at the will of the criminal. The criminal decides what happens criminal decides they're gonna rob our store they're gonna rob our store the criminal decides they're going to hit us over the head with a pipe they hit us over the head with a pipe there's nothing we can do about it. there's no cop who's going to stop them or find them so it's 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 a uh, it's really a lost cause it's really a lost cause here it's a lost cause here we'll get more into San Francisco stuff but I did want to talk about the big story of the last couple of days of yesterday actually which is the the Louisiana federal judge, Terry Doty, um, issuing the preliminary injunction uh, blocking certain federal agencies and officials, including the FBI and the Department of Health and Human Services, from communicating with social media platforms. This was done because of the Twitter files and a lawsuit brought in Louisiana and Missouri um, having to deal with the Biden administration centering you know, uh, colluding with big tech, i.e. Twitter, and Facebook, to censor anything during COVID that had anything to do with, you know, not taking the vaccines, the vaccines not being safe and effective, masks not working, all that stuff, you know, vaccine passports, anything that was against their quote-unquote official narrative, they had censored, canceled, and deleted. And we know this was a clear First Amendment violation. And this is a, it really is, The, the more I listen to legal people talking about this judgment. This is like a major judgment, right? It's like a a major, major judgment um, that is groundbreaking. Many people call it the the most important judicial uh, ruling of the 21st century. That this is pretty much saying, this federal judge is saying that the plaintiffs, the plaintiffs had enough evidence to prove that the government colluded with social media to censor people, to stifle our First Amendment speech. And now they're not allowed to even communicate anymore. It's against the law for them to to communicate. So what happened really, the attorney generals of Louisiana and Missouri filed a lawsuit arguing that federal officials overstepped their mandates and curtailed conservative speech throughout the pandemic. Judge Terry Doughty wrote, he's likely to side with the plaintiffs on the merits of the case, but issue a temporary injunction preventing communication between the government and big tech companies, save for matters pertaining to criminal activity or national security threats. The plaintiffs are likely to succeed on the merits in establishing that the government has used its power to silence the opposition, Doughty wrote. Opposition to COVID-19 vaccines, Opposition to COVID-19 masking and lockdowns. Opposition to the lab leak theory of COVID-19. Opposition to the validity of the 2020 election. Opposition to President Biden's policies. Statements that Hunter Biden laptop story was true. The federal judge continued all of them were suppressed. It's quite telling that each example of suppressed speech was conservative in nature. This targeted suppression of conservative ideas is a perfect example of of viewpoint discrimination of political speech. American citizens have the right to engage in free debate about the significant issues affecting the country. The temporary injunction specifically named high-ranking Biden administration officials, including DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency leader Jen Easterly. Senator Eric Schmidt, who served as the state's attorney general until January of this year, applauded the decision. Today's court win is a huge win for the First Amendment and a blow to censorship, the Missouri Senator wrote on Independence Day. Orwellian Ministry of Truth exposed, he added. Schmidt's counterpoint, Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, was similarly pleased. The evidence in our case is shocking and offensive, with senior federal officials deciding that they could dictate what Americans can and cannot say on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and other platforms about COVID-19, elections, criticism of the government, and more, Landry told the AP. Meanwhile, anonymous sort in the White House condemned the ruling. The and, and by the way, they have now, the administration has now showing how much they hate the First Amendment, hate the Constitution, and believe in authoritarian dictatorial um, rule, uh, they're going to appeal it. Instead of just taking the L as they should and admitting they were wrong, you know, they could say some bullshit like it was a special circumstance. It was an emergency. We we're all worried for our lives and our well-being. We're sorry we did it. No, good luck. They're not. They, they. I, I've said this many times. Democrats prove on a daily basis with every issue that they hate the Constitution. They despise the First Amendment and they want to shit on the Second Amendment. They despise the First Amendment, but they want to like actually like defecate all over the Second Amendment. They hate the Constitution. They want to rewrite it. They don't like the Founding Fathers. They think they were racist. They hate the Constitution. They won't say it as blatantly as I'm saying it, but this is what they say with their actions. And they're doing it again now as they are going to appeal this. And what will happen, and Lance and Vlad and anyone else I'll get to you in a second. But what they'll do is this. They'll lose either Eventually they'll lose in the Supreme Court, right? And Biden will start his usual bullshit. MAGA, ultra MAGA, scotus, ultra MAGA, gagga, MAGA, AGA, aga ultra, gagga, gagga. The same old shit this demented old fucking bastard says all the time when it comes to decisions of the Supreme Court. This is the Trump MAGA, ultra MAGA, quarter, aga, Just not admitting that they Democrats hate the Constitution. And these judges are doing their job in upholding the Constitution. That's the job of the justices, the nine justices of the Supreme Court of the United States. Their job is to uphold the Constitution against authoritarian fascist dictators like this old shriveled up, dementia ridden cunt and the people around him. But that's what will happen, I'm telling you. He'll lose, eventually they'll take it to the Supreme Court, probably next year. They'll lose in the middle of an election and, and Biden will come out and say, that's why we have to defeat these ultra-maga, maga-kinga, mega fucker fuck him, fuck his fascists, fascism, and this is why he must be defeated. This is why we must defeat him with someone like Ron DeSantis, who did the opposite of fascism, who upheld freedom for the last three years. That's why people live. In the free state of Florida. That's why people have left New York and California, and they've run away to Texas and the free state of Florida, because they're tired of living under fascist rule, because in this country, we don't live under fascist rule. And that's why this judge brought down this judgment on July 4th. It wasn't a coincidence that this judgment came down on the 4th of July. It was this judge saying that it's very important to remember what the 4th of July means, what the 4th of July means represents. It represents freedom. It represents the Indo- Declaration of Independence. It represents the Constitution. It represents the right of Americans to say what they want, even if those things are wrong or can be proven wrong. We have the right to be wrong. You see, we have the right to say things and the other side has the right to refute it. And then we can refute that. And this can go back and forth forever. That's what this country is about. We have the right to say what we want. We have the right to be wrong. Understand? So this whole idea of misinformation—who decides what misinformation is? How dumb do you have to believe to be to believe that stupid argument of, "Oh, we have to stop disinformation." Disinformation according to who? An eighty-year-old demented freak? Who? Jens Who? Alejandro Mayorkas? Disinformation according to whom? Groundbreaking decision that proves that the Biden administration are totalitarian, authoritarian, dictatorial, fascists on the level of someone like Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler would have done the same thing if he were in power now during the age of social media. So it's a groundbreaking decision. And they can appeal it up the ass if they want. They'll never win. And like I said, probably next year it'll go to the Supreme Court. They'll lose. And the old shriveled up dementia president at 82 years old running for re-election as hilarious, as fucking hilarious as that is. If this guy, 82 years old, with the brain of 182-year-old, is going to want to be president, leader of the free world in quotes, for the next four years till he's 86. As hilarious as that is, of course, he shouldn't even be allowed to because we know there should be a maximum age just like there's a minimum age. It should be illegal for Joe Biden to run for election. It should have been illegal for Joe Biden to run for election in 2020. Okay? He had his fucking chance. He lost three fucking times. He didn't have to win at 79 years old. It should have been illegal for him to run. There should be a maximum age just the way there's a minimum age. And if we didn't believe that before this, we should certainly believe it now. Okay? And it'll be hilarious. Hilarious. When he does exactly what I said he's going to do. In the middle of the election next year, when they lose... Again, with the Supreme Court, because they've tried to defy the Constitution yet again. You see, they keep losing because they keep on trying to defy the Constitution. By the way, these aren't just legal issues. They're felonious actions. Doing this is felonious. Willfully, knowingly, defying the Constitution the American the Constitution is Thelonious. It's an act that can put you behind fucking bars and it should put you behind fucking bars. The Constitution is not like a suggestion. The Constitution is not a suggestion. The Bill of Rights isn't a suggestion. The Supreme Court rulings are in suggestions. Many Democrats think the Supreme Court rulings are just, if they like the Supreme Court, oh, they'll follow it. If they don't like the Supreme Court, they won't follow it. No, no. It's the law. And if you break it, you should go to fucking jail. Hey, Lance. How are you?
1: Fine, my How you <laughs> All right.
0: How was your 4th of July?
1: Oh, fine, fine. Oh, I, I'll have a comment about that in a minute. But um, when I lived in New York City around uh, late eighties, early nine, early nineties, the Hell's Angels uh, controlled a whole block in uh, on Third Street by First, between First and Second, uh, between f- what? Between First uh, Ave and Avenue A, Third Street.
0: Oh, you mean Alphabet
1: the whole- City, right? Well. East Village. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, one-fourth of July, my friend Mark Stamey was probably the toughest guy I ever met. Now, he would, you know, exacerbate story, you know, exaggerate story, but he really was. He used to do underground, uh, underwater construction, you know, Mm -hmm. like we had to go underground and like, you know, blow shut up or or, or concretize stuff, whatever. But so he was at my house, and and, and he was being freaked out. And so and I was I was semi freaked out. He was even freaked out more to me. And it, it it felt like a war zone. This is in New York City. It turns out, among other people, but the hell's agents were rolling off like sticks of dynamite, and they blew up a kid accidentally. They weren't trying to kill kids, but. They're the fucking hell's angels, and they were blowing off sticks of dynamite. They were putting them in. They put them in trash can. A, a kid happened to walk out, like late, late, late uh, after the early evening, whatever. Blew up a kid. You know, sucked. So, you know.
0: I think I remember yeah. this. I think I remember yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you know, so I, you know, I, I've gotten along with Hell, like real hell's angels in San Francisco and bikers and all that, but still. Just they you know they can be like they can be violent psychopaths and and they weren't trying to kill a kid but that's what, irresponsibility of fireworks you were talking about you got like eighteen threads going on Mike I can't pick up on all of them but you were, when I first you know
0: I we um, talk whatever you want um, no, no. I, yeah I, I knew some of them in Brooklyn some of them were pretty cool guys actually
1: oh they're fine yeah. in, in, in 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 one way you know what they're like. Being Italian, I can maybe, I, maybe I can associate with the mafia more. It's like that,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. As there's long as mafia. you're playing
1: along their <laughs> rules, and you're, like, yeah. you know, don't fuck with and, them, they will fuck with you, and they and they and they're fine, fun, you know. It's the same as bikers, but they're still right? so they're still violent, sociopaths. If you fuck with them, you know. So.
0: And there's also quite a connection between many of them and the mafia. They oh, intertwined, yeah. it
1: and, the, and the CIA and the CIA, yes.
0: yeah, true. Yeah, the Hell's Angels. The history of the Hell's Angels is pretty interesting, Vlad. Uh, Lance, sorry, it's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, you know it comes out, right? Say again. You know where it specifically comes from?
0: No. No.
1: Barker. Uh. uh um. Oh, it, it it's a response to the Korean War. It's Korean War vets.
0: Oh, no kidding. Is that right? <sighs>
1: Okay, so you said talk about anything. Forget the 18th thread. So, part of my whole theory about how the 50s were much more radical than the 60s. Yeah, so after World War II, you know, and um, rah, rah, we defeated, you know, uh, Hitler and uh, Mussolini and, uh, you know, the, the <laughs> Japanese, uh, you know, uh, kamikaze, all that. Mm. Then there was. You know, the Korean War the Korean War was five years later. You know, we, we finished up World War Two in what forty five, six nineteen fifty, we're back in the Korean War. Nasty war. It's called the Forgotten War. In other words, in other words, Mike, you know how we talk about Vietnam, right? As being this nasty war, like Iraq, but you know, Vietnam, you know, yeah, you know, it was bullshit, blah blah blah. Well no, the Korean War before that. Anyway, when the Korean War ended, when the Korean War ended there was a lot of pissed off people and that's where a lot of this radicalism came from. And it was, it wasn't very patriotic. You see what I mean? It wasn't like rah, rah after world war two. It was like, fuck America, you know? And so that's Mm -hmm. what the, so this, this, it wasn't, but, 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 but the Hells Angels would wave an American flag. I wave an American flag outside my house right now. Right today, but in mm-hmm. other words, it was just radical. No, think. Okay, so it, this myself. It's not corny. Think about um, James Dean, all the movies, and um, Marlon Brando. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember the biker movie, The Wild Ones?
0: Oh yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, so there's a great line. The great line from that movie is uh, Johnny. Right? And the the female lead, she's the daughter of the bartender. Where they're kind of breaking bottles. Not Johnny. He's too cool. But, of course, his his comrades are breaking bottles and being childish, but he's, he's a mature one. But anyway, she goes, oh, you're a rebel, huh, Johnny? She, he goes, that's right. She goes, what do you rebelling against? He, goes, he says, what do you got? What do you got? Yeah. So, in other words, and James Dean. So, in other words, these those <laughs> those movies were based on, you know, reality. If there really were biker and They really did meet up. And to Sturgis to this day in Sturgis, North Dakota, that was a real event, and it was hyped, and it was Hollywood and all that. The point, the point I'm making, Mike, is that after the Korean War, there was a real radicalism of like, "fuck it." Okay, you know the Beat Generation, like, um, you know uh, what's his name there? Uh, of course, Jack Kerouac. Sure. Okay, I went to the. Kerouac convention. I actually met Allen Ginsberg. So I, I feel like I'm a kindred spirit, but all right. Well, that whole thing, you know, that it, not, not that that was specifically about the Korean War, but the fifties were a very much of a radical decade and, uh, and, and, and the Korean War and all that. And so that's where the hell Angels came from, you know? Uh, so they, so that, yeah. So, you know, it came. It came out of that man, and, and and we're going through. We're going through a similar thing now, and that's why I know you understand it about where Trumpism and all that stuff comes from. You know, it's all. It's not the same thing. It's a, it's a different version of it. But when uh, like we talk about San Francisco. Yeah. Well, the Hell's Angels from San Francisco, and they were rebelling in part against. And really, kind of ahead of the curve in their weird way against that kind of liberalism and the surfing kind of like easygoing kind of hippie them. But but the connection between the Hell's Angels and the hippies was LSD, and that's a that's yeah, a, real story a lot of people were doing
0: LSD at the time. I mean, all all different political factions were doing LSD. You know, well, that, it was. It was a thing to do at the time. It was, you know, and they were even doing LSD in the 50s, weren't they? A lot of those experiments, right? They were doing under doctor control. Well, what they I'm saying is that LSD. the
1: Hells Angels were hanging out with the Grateful Dead big time. The Grateful Dead. You know the Grateful Dead. Of course, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, they were t- totally tight with the Hells Angels. Mm-hmm. And the Grateful Dead were definitely not like... You know, kind of, you know, like, you know, Archie Bunker is almost like right wing, um, you know, fascist ish that, you know, and um sociopathic violent people that that's what the hell's angels were. Yeah, well, the Grateful Dead weren't that the Grateful Dead really were peace, love and all that. They really were. They weren't fake. In other words, like the Rolling Stone. Well, the Rolling Stones were trying to be peaceful, but wasn't they were assholes. They were,
0: uh, assholes. Wasn't they there, were like mocking.
1: What, yeah, ahead, wasn't there an
0: incident? Wasn't there a famous incident with the Hell's Angels at a concert? At Altamont.
1: At Altamont yeah, that was, right, the right, right, the that Stones, was the Rolling Stones concert. Right. The Rolling Stones. That was the right, Rolling Stones. Right, right. That never right. happened at Grateful Dead concerts.
0: No, no, Rolling Stones. That's what. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. They killed
1: the guy and all that. Yeah. That's because that's because that was. I was. It's funny you said that the same the same time I was saying the Rolling Stones were different. They were kind of like, uh, let's say, if not sociopaths themselves, it wasn't. They were satanic, and especially Mick Jagger. No, those guys were real cunts. In fact, you know well, the Fillmore. You know the Fillmore East and the Fillmore West.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Bill Graham. Bill Graham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what he said about Mick Jagger? He's a cunt, but. He's a a talented cunt. I mean, he just hated him. He hated him. But he's like, yeah, he's a talented motherfucker, you know. No, no. Yeah, Mick Jagger. Still going strong,
0: isn't he? They're still going. Who? Mick Jagger.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, But you know know, what I mean, though, it's funny because you have this dark side, light side. But the Beatles were, like, nice guys. They really were. They were, like, nice.
0: Well, some people would say a little boring. You know, there's a lot of... A lot of different things written about the Beatles and that you know, and uh, it's you know, it was at a time of what? There was a radicalism, right? You had Elvis Presley, right? You had this, this. I mean, Elvis Presley was this. If you think about it, back then when you talk about Elvis Presley or the Beatles or, or Mick Jagger, they were all kind of like I don't want to, I don't want to say cults, but in a way, kind of cult-like figures, weren't they? I mean, people would go there. You see the documentaries, especially the girls, right? They were like screaming at the top of their lungs. These were like, I guess I should say idols more than cult, but it was kind of, there was a cult around uh, Elvis and a cult of the Beatles and a cult of the Rolling Stones. I'm not saying these are bad cults, like the cult of, you know, the political cults we have these days or the religious cults, but those figures were very strong back then. I don't think you can repeat even with someone like Britney Spears now, or these people, you know, these concerts that cost a million dollars to go to, I don't know if you can compare it to back then. Yeah, the those people were idolized. They were idolized. You
1: know what? I just bought tickets to what? Elvis Costello and the Imposters with Nick oh. Lowe.
0: Okay, I thought you were going to say Britney Spears. Oh no, I don't see you as a Britney Spears kind of a. Kind of a guidelines.
1: Who me? Oh, I pay a thousand dollars to see Britney. No,
0: I like Britney. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah,
1: I wasn't going to go. I thought it was going to cost a hundred bucks, but I, it's a three thousand seat theater. I actually I saw Elvis Costello at this same theater mm-hmm. a bunch of years ago, free because I used to usher when there was great concerts, I said, great. That a
0: great usher. job to have. You get free concerts.
1: Well, yeah, it was, I just volunteered to usher, knowing specifically so I could see free concerts. That was- but what's cool about being an usher, you could kind of go, not backstage, you know, not near the dressing room per se, and, you know, that were upstairs, but you could go, like, on the side of the stage. You had run of the place, you know. It was great. Thank- you you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's a, no, no, it didn't give me any special access, but it got me to see perspectives. You know, I could go, like I said, I could go like where the near the dressing rooms in the hallways and you had the vest on. So it made you official. So you could just see at least perspectives of the concert that nobody else could see from the side of the stage, no et, cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it was cool. And I got to see all kinds of great concerts. Jimmy Cliff, I saw Elvis Costello, uh, Joe Jackson, not famous now, but he had a few hits. But you know, great, great, nice. and uh, all that. And now I'm, I, but I thought, well, let me see, let me go online, and it was only thirty two bucks. I had to buy a pair, so like <laughs> with with the, with the fees and all the crap, it was only about sixty five bucks for a couple of tickets. And for someone like me, who's older, who knows how inflation has gone through the roof, you know, you, oh yeah, back in the day, you know, even when you figure inflation, it's like way inflated. I thought it'd be 50, 70, 80, hundred bucks. 32 bucks, yeah, that's fair enough. That's great fair. Oh, boy, yeah. That's, that's very fair. In a 3,000-seat theater, it's one of these old, like, opera house not, type it's
0: things. It's not fair anymore. You know how how high these prices now, with Ticketmaster and the fees. And-
1: well, this was through Ticketmaster. Well, I bought it through Ticketmaster, and it was 32 bucks. So I thought, sure, great, with the fees. No, that's more than fair. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not expecting the, you know, $20 tickets anymore, but yeah. Um, but you know what? Mike, you were talking about San Francisco and um, uh-huh. the lawlessness and all that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and the whole, um, oh, about how the Democrats and, uh, and Biden and all these, and all those assholes. Now, you know me, I'm heterodox. I don't, I not about one side or the other, you know, and uh, what I'm wondering is, is uh, like homelessness and all this stuff. It's nuts. Yeah. In other words, well, you know, like, okay, I'm a pro second amendment guy, right? But we went through a period in the twenties with the gangsterism. It was real. Mm -hmm. And the reason we don't allow, machine guns where you can just hit the trigger once, just hold it down and you get like a hundred hundreds of rounds of, you know, a minute mm-hmm. that, that technology existed in the twenties. Yeah. Now, remember not, those old Tommy guns, yeah. the black guns with the big round thing right. that hung down. Well, that big yeah. round thing—that was—that meant that was, that—that's—that that, that, was like a like a howitzer. It held like hundreds of rounds of bullet. That's what that was. That was where the bullets were. That was the, the huge magazine of hundreds. That, in other words, it was a magazine of like three hundred bullets.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. And you could hold the trigger down and <laughs> and mm-hmm. literally have, <laughs> you know, shoot like. Okay. Like they the old Okay. Like, they made they made those machine guns illegal. Why? You know why?
0: No. Why?
1: Be- because because what
0: the, the – uh, Are you playing okay. a video game or something?
1: What is it? Okay. No, that was my friend Alistair from South Africa calling. me. <laughs> I want to get, oh, him in the- oh, I- you I- get him in the room. He's great. Alistair, he's great. Good guy. Alistair and Kendall. You'll fall in love with Kendall for 10 seconds after she speaks. Hi, are you, dude? She's got this like South African <laughs> Never mind the, never mind the beef. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Just, to, I'll be, I'll, I'll start up in a second. But here, okay, you know what? Okay, remember the Al Capone gang, right? And there was Doc Schultz gang. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, the Saint Valentine's Day Massacre was um, uh, the Al Capone gang. They dressed up as cops, remember, and uh, just to get them off guard. And there was seven of them. And I think, it was, and they shot seven of the guys. Right? There's even a picture of the aftermath, right, where they shot them against the wall. That was so abhorrent. It was 1928. That was so abhorrent to the American people that they said, we can't have this anymore. And that's when they outlawed machine guns and they've been allowed, you know, those types of high, high velocity machine guns. And they've been outlawed to this day. Even the NRA, AK-47s, assault rifles. Yeah. Nobody says we, uh, except that they're almost starting to actually allow those now. Oh my God. But anyway, from 1928 to now, you can't have guns that where you hit the trigger and just hold it down and, 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 you know, and have hundreds of rounds right. a minute. Right. But there's a difference. Really? But, but we the did the it. But what I'm saying adults. is, how do we get from the, to, the reason, the, the reason that the American, and this wasn't because some brainiac did this, this wasn't like science. This was just the American people said, oh my God, this is horrible. And it was, all it was was gangsters killing gangsters. Right. Right. This wasn't kids in the schoolyard, this wasn't Sandy Hook. this wasn't Columbine. But, but the American people said, "Oh my God, we can't have this. And to this day, those guns are illegal. So 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 how right. can we go from gangsters killing gangsters was enough for the American people to say, we don't want this anymore, okay, to what we have now. Also, one more quick point. in 1982 when I went on my little trip, I mentioned this about uh, you know, on the road experience, all that crap. Go to San Francisco, 82. It was the beginning of family homelessness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, up to that point, up to like the late seventies, early eighties, really, it's almost like a dividing point. You can almost pinpoint it with bums. -hmm. It was bums. It was old. It was men, single men, right? That was either just decided they wanted to become like hobos and live off the land or whatever and ride race or whatever. It was drunks or whatever. You know, it was like an Andy Griffith and Otis or whatever, only they were on the road. All of a sudden, it was families uh, that were homeless. That never existed in America much at all, ever. Okay? We had ghettos. We had ghettos where families struggled and everything like that, but we just didn't have. What I mean, where the, the families had to put up a shelter somewhere and live in a squalor and all that, homelessness in post-20th century America until the 80s. And now we've got it rampant, like in San Francisco and everywhere. And don't tell me and, – and, and yes, 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 I will say this. I say it's 75%, 80% liberals' fault. Really, I will, but the still, it's it's no, no, no. I won't say that. I'll say it's fifty-five, forty-five. You know why? Because on the individual level, it's purple cities and purple states where it happens. But guess what? Guess what? The fucking Republicans want to starve the government of Medicaid, Medicare, and uh, states live in squalor. It's both parties. And guess what? It's the American people that let it happen. We're the only country that lets it happen. So whether it's, and I'm, I'm pro-Second Amendment. I'm pro-Way. You cannot be pro, more stronger Second Amendment than me. But the idea that as a society we can allow kids to get shot and the, we can allow homelessness. Fuck that. We got to do something about that.
0: I agree, Lance. Thank you. Thanks, Lance, uh, Thanks. thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Of course, we can argue about what we should do about it, what we can do about it, and and the promises that were given to us by someone like Gavin Newsom two decades ago. Remember, two decades ago, Gavin Newsom said he was going to end homelessness. Him. Didn't do it. It's gotten, you know, come on, 50, 60 times worse than it was in 2004. So that's these empty promises. And obviously, someone like Gavin Newsom doesn't have the answers. He promised he'd have the answers. His answers have made things worse. So we need to move on from people like Gavin Newsom telling us what we should do about homelessness. So once you, once you make promises and you don't keep them, you're out. That's the way it should work in life, whether it's with a friend, a family member, or a politician. You make a promise. You say, I'm going to do this. I've got the answer to this. Not only do you not do it's bad enough if you don't do it, right? But you make it worse. You make it 50 times worse. You're out. You're out. You know, I'll get to you in a second Vlad' stay there, but um we're going to go back in a minute to the the ruling by the uh, federal judge in Louisiana. but on top of that, we have other stuff here, such as Biden and the student loan debt, right? So he promised to young people come out and vote for Democrats last year, and we're going to make sure you can you can just basically default. On those loans you took out okay so knowing that the supreme court this supreme court okay will never allow that to pass he knew that his look if i knew that i if i knew that i'm no legal expert okay uh i get my i get my legal stuff from watching law and order okay the 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 lawyers that work for joe biden the many top-notch lawyers who work for joe biden we're telling him that the Supreme Court will never let it go. doesn't matter. He lied because he wanted to get the votes. We know that because Joe Biden has lied for a half century. So what's he going to do now? He's doing the same thing. Now he's saying, well, no, we have another way of doing it. We're going we're gonna to find another route, man. Another route, Jack. Why is he doing that? Because the election coming up next year. And he wants to get those young people to fool them again and vote for Democrats again, knowing it's not going to happen. So my question is, in talking about homelessness and going back to Gavin Newsom and promises by Democrats like Gavin Newsom, when do you say, when does the, when does the phrase, the very apt phrase, fool me once, shame on me, because I'm trusting you, right? Fool me twice, shame on you. No, sorry, fool me once, <laughs> shame on like W now, fool me once, you ain't going to fool me again. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. How many times are these young people going to allow Joe Biden to fool them? That's the question. He fooled them once last November. Is he going to fool them again? Are they going to allow him? Once again, in order to be fooled, you need to allow someone to fool you. It doesn't just happen by osmosis. It takes two to tango. There's the person doing the fooling and the person being fooled, right? So how many times are these young people going to allow Joe Biden to fool them? That's the question. I guess we'll see, won't we? Let's see. Is Vladdy there? Hey, Vlad, how's it going, man? What's up? Vlad, are you there? Hello, Vlad. Vlad. Hello, Vlad. 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 Hello? Hello, Vlad. Vlad, if you want to come back up, you have my permission. I was trying to get you on there. Maybe you stepped away from the microphone. Anyway. I want to get back to the ruling in Louisiana, because, and I've talked about this many times on this show. Many times on this show, I have talked about the the media, right? And the fact that we don't have real journalism anymore. Um, and maybe Vlad's back. Let's try it again. Hey, Vlad
3: are you, how you doing how you doing there you are there you good are good to hear you again man what's up good to hear what's you i i told i told william last time you know when you were on vacation i was like you know what can i have uh mike cappuccione to go two for here want to go and uh you know you had changed your hours we missed you you know and I know I know, I got to talk to you at 8 o'clock. You were, you know, I made you sound like food, you know what I mean? You're that good. I made you sound like food, like a dish, like a fine like Italian a
0: dip,
3: dish. Like a fine Italian like, dish? A fine Italian dish, you know? Like
0: Mike, what are you calling me, Mike Cacciatore? <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, Mike, it's, it's, it's,
3: yeah. it's good to hear. But uh, I, I know you know about the ruling regarding the that they ruled against the Biden administration against social uh, media. Yeah, and I know I know he's going to be trying to come back. But I think he's going to be stupid if he tries to do that. But at the same time, uh, you know, there's just a lot that they're supposed to be looking at that they haven't. And and you know, all the not only the abuses during COVID, not only the abuses during. Against uh, conservatives and shit, you know. Yeah. But right now itself, it's 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 like stupid shit too. Come on, let let's be honest. Like Elon Musk saying that if you're single, you shouldn't vote. <laughs> I know he's attacking the young people, but what about us, well, old school like me? Yeah, 50, I think you know, I think he's just, he's just joking.
0: He's just trying to be a troll. I don't think he really means yeah. it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. Look, he, and, he knows and, how to get. He knows how to get people upset. He knows how he knows how to disturb the hornet's nest. He likes doing that stuff,
3: but you know. Yeah. Look, the more well rounded you that are. has been killing right? Twitter. Uh, Twitter and now limiting if you're if you're verified 6000, unverified 600. Look, I don't even use uh, Twitter that much. I don't leave a lot of posting. I, I read the shit that people leave, leave but it's kind of—I I don't care. You know what I mean? I, I get enough God. of calling. You
0: know, yeah. I thank God I haven't <laughs> hit my limit yet because I'm—I'm verified. And let me tell you something, Vlad. If I'm looking at six thousand posts a day, something's wrong with me. So I haven't—I haven't hit that limit yet. Thank
3: goodness. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about these recent rulings from the Supreme Court? They—they—they—they—they. Uh, they, uh, they, 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 uh, Gave a good judgment on that lady with her, uh, I think, uh, artistry. That was one of them. They, they've all—they were all
0: correct. I mean, if you believe all, in the right? Constitution, they're all correct. Here's the thing, Vlad. That I think uh-huh. the left doesn't get about the Constitution is—you. Do, it doesn't—it doesn't always have to agree with your political narrative, right? It doesn't always have to agree with your political point. The left thinks if—if the—if the—if the Constitution doesn't agree with their Particular political narrative that it's bad, that it's racist, that it's written by racists, is horrible. It needs to be destroyed. That's not the way this goes. The Constitution is not always going to be in line with your political bent, okay? With your okay. political point of view. That's the whole. Point of it, it doesn't allow a it doesn't allow a conservative to be a dictator. It doesn't allow a liberal to be a dictator. It is a document that is set in stone. It doesn't matter what your political bent is. It doesn't matter. The First Amendment is the First Amendment, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. The Second Amendment is the Second Amendment, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. It does not matter. Exactly. Your political point of view is meaningless. It's not exactly. The Constitution is not a political document. It's a document of freedom and liberty.
3: And so, and, yes, and, and, they were and right. like every
0: decision they made were right. Look, yeah. the woman with the – what is the thing with the – what does she want to – it was like a uh,
3: – Like artistry, like a painter. Yeah, so, 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 yeah. so, so basically
0: – here, okay, look. <laughs> I'm all for live and let live. I'm open minded guy sexually, all that stuff. If I ran a business, I wouldn't give a shit if someone was gay or lesbian. I want to make money, right? And most businesses okay. wanna make money. They wanna they don't care. They don't care. So if some cake shop, I make cakes, right? I make designer cakes. And they said to me, Mike, I want you to make a cake for me in the shape of a penis. And I say now Mike and would say, oh great, that could be fun. But maybe someone would say, I'm not gonna make a cake in the shape of a penis. I'm not gonna do that. First of all, I'm gonna have to have my designers do it. I find that to be kind of sexist. So I don't want my designers to have to design a a, a cock cake. <laughs> all right.
3: <So laughs> Preferably have, the women. Preferably yeah, have done have by the women. <laughs> right,
0: they have every right to say no. Try the next door down the block. Go online exactly. and have it made for you. They have every it's their business they're not saying you can't come into my business because you're black or you can't come into my business because i think you're gay by the way how any business owner know someone is gay do they do they do they burst in and go hi i'm gay serve me it's so <laughs> stupid obviously they know if you're black they know they probably know if you're latino but they don't know if you're gay or straight unless you fucking announce it for some reason. So, well, as long, so as long as, yeah, <laughs> This woman was not discriminating against someone who's gay. It's just that she did not want to do this particular thing that was against her, exactly. whatever it may be, her religion, her sensibility, her morality, whatever it may be. So what the left would like you to believe is that if you have a cake shop and someone comes in and says, I want a cake in, in, in the form of a cock and you don't do it, you're being discriminatory. These people exactly. are insane. They have Sick. no idea what no. real discrimination is.
3: They have no idea uh, what real discrimination is. The very is. people that are trying oppression, and they overlook the oppression of real you know, people in, in countries like that are Muslim or that are communists or whatever, where there's real oppression, you know? And, and oh, they want to yeah, be talking exactly. about being in the, exactly. freest, the freest of all countries. Having every right to talk your mind out. I mean, you might not have a right to a public, like I told Brady one time. You might not have a right to an audience, but you have a right to to speak your mind off. Now, an audience is a different. They want to hear you. You know, they'll stay or they'll walk away, right? They have that freedom. Yeah, as long as you don't violate is, their personal. Yeah. The bottom
0: line is, business owners are not going to turn down much business, especially these
3: days, because they want to
0: make they want to make a living, right? They want their businesses to prosper, but they should have the right to discern if there's something they don't want to do. It's not like you can't go somewhere else, especially this day, right,
3: with exactly. online stuff. Mike, real quick, before you go on to William, I was going to ask you, what no, do you think ahead. about the the CEO from uh, from uh, Ben & Jerry's Cohen making that stupid oh, statement?
0: those guys are such morons. I can't believe. Once again, this is why I'm ashamed to have ever been associated with these people who were Bernie Kratz, right? I mean, these people are so, first of all, the, the the land they're on is not their land. Have they ever thought about that? No, the land exactly. that, their store, that, their, that, their, that their ice cream plants are built on are not their land. But
3: I hope this, people boycott it for several years. See how yeah, that goes. This total idiocy, and we saw a lot of this yesterday. Right? These people who were like,
0: these people like Ben and Jerry, who have made yeah. billions here,
3: curse the country that's has
0: allowed them to make billions of dollars. You know? Exactly, the country that's given
3: hypocrites. them all yeah. the opportunities, and and they've been able to sell their ice cream. Yeah, I, mean, I, I rarely fucking
0: I, pothead assholes in Vermont, <laughs> Vermont have become billionaires making fucking milk and sugar products, and they have the fucking nerve. To say negative things about this country it's it's insane
3: look if they put their money where their mouth is and they said we're going to give our company up to the native americans and we're you know we're going to make a moratorium and we're going to leave the company with our billions and leave it for them so they could continue running i would believe them give it all up to different tribes let them run the show see how it goes if you really mean it give them the land your land you know where your company sits i think somewhere in vermont I yeah. would say, okay, you know what? They they really lived up to it. But you see, they did it. They did it. For, they started the movement. They set a good price. It's kind of like that guy from Patagonia. He gave <laughs> up the company. Yeah. And you see, but you see, he took those actions. But I of know. course, he didn't leave them many millions or billions of dollars. No. He moved right. on, moved on, but he gave up the company. But you see, that's a good move. But as long as they do it, and I expect everybody else to do what they're right. saying, you know? No. It's, but anyway, crazy We're world. The but...
0: left all the time, which is do as we say, not as we do. We just exactly. saw it yesterday with the Fourth of July barbecues. Did you see Kamala and her husband, Dopey husband, barbecuing with all the fumes from the coal going up into the what, air? What major? We, what they major? Tell major else we
3: shouldn't be doing. that. <laughs> it's lost for thee, not for me. Going yeah. back to Gavin Newsom, lost yeah. for thee, not for me. But or, anyway, Mike, love Kerry. talking to you, brother. Yeah, good. good and baseball. I love to hear you when, when you're on a nice. Uh, whoever's next. All right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, I'll get to the call.
0: I'll get to uh, Bill and Dutch in a minute. I just want to, I did want to go. Okay. So I've talked on this show many times about how journalism is dead, right? How there are no real journalists anymore. How the journalists now basically are another arm of the, of the government, right? How they want, I've mentioned this many times, how too many people in journalism want the people they cover to like them. In other words, they want to be Liked by Joe Biden, they want to be liked by by Jen Psaki. They want to be liked by the people they should be writing critical things about. Okay, so once again, the New York Times. The New York Times, you know. These publications like the Washington Post, the New York Times, they have these very, very powerful slogans, right? What's the Washington Post? Democracy dies in darkness. The New York Times, all the news that's fit to print. But we know that's all bullshit now. It may have actually meant something one day. It may have meant something three decades ago, four decades ago, five decades ago. But now, of course, it's just gaslighting. It's bullshit. The New York Times is all the fake news that's fit to print, right? That's basically what it is now. So. Uh, the New York Times, in a former lifetime, I should even say former lifetime, because I talk about when I was in the business in the 90s, now things were much different. We had real journalists back then, right? And uh, the New York Times was always slanted to the left, but of course they weren't an arm of the DNC the way they are now. That's the difference. I have no problem with the publication. When I was taking journalism classes, the, the professor would say, The National Review is slanted to the right. The New York Times is slanted to the left. So on and so forth, right? That's fine. You can't be 100% down the middle. It's not going to happen, right? Fine. We knew this. It was known. But now the New York Times, the Washington Post, they've taken to the extreme where they're just like an arm of the DNC, right? An extension of whoever the president is, as long as that president is a Democrat, and so we see it again with this case with the judge and the censorship. The New York Times should be applauding this because they are a journalistic outlet and what Joe Biden and the Democrats did was they not only censored regular people, they censored journalistic outlets like the New York Post with the Hunter Biden story, right? So journalists no matter what side of the aisle they're on should all be applauding this that the 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 law says that the President of the United States the, the administration in power can't censor journalists and American people. OK, how about that? Amazing, isn't it? that we have a First Amendment and it was upheld by this Louisiana justice? But no, that's not what we're getting to the New York Times. The New York Times right away said, oh, no, no, no. how are we going? To, how is the Biden administration going to censor misinformation? How is the Biden administration going to censor people who aren't telling the truth? They were actually crying for the Biden administration. They actually had actual tears. You could read these articles, and you could see these, 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 they're not journalists, these writers. They're not reporters, they're not journalists. They are writers, they write. They type into a laptop. That's what they do. So these people who type into the laptop, you could see the anguish they had as they were typing those words, that they could not believe. They could not believe that the law said that the Biden administration can't censor, cannot censor the American public. They couldn't believe it. Oh my God, what are they gonna do? What is our administration? They might as well have said, what's our administration going to do now, right? Because they are an arm, they proved once again, they are just an arm of the Biden administration. That's what they are. There should be a wing, a new wing in the White House where the New York Times and the Washington Post can sit and write stories, propaganda stories, for the administration. That's basically what they do from the Times building in New York and the Post building in Washington, D.C. That's what they do. And they proved it again. The New York Times and every journalistic outlet should have been applauding, and this should be a win for journalism, a win for, for, for the First Amendment, A win for free speech, a win for freedom of speech, a win for freedom of the press. But no, they were crying tears for the Biden administration. So, of course, critics, many critics ripped the Times after the outlet tweeted that a federal judge's injunction preventing Biden administration officials From contacting social media platforms about content moderation would hamper efforts to combat misinformation online. Conservative Twitter users have caused the outlet of agitating for more government control of media and suggesting the outlet was complaining that the Biden administration could not control speech, which is exactly what they were doing. They were crying tears for the Biden administration not being able to control speech anymore. The New York Times published a tweet on July 4th, which provided a caption and a link to a corresponding report on, on the subject. The tweet stated, breaking news, a judge limited Biden administration officials from contacting, motion, contacting social media sites, a ruling that could curtail efforts to fight disinformation. So here's a journalistic outlet saying that if the, Biden, if the government, if the president in power says it's disinformation, it is disinformation journalism is fucking cone stone, cone stone cold dead stone cold dead it is gone it is dead and buried that a journalistic outlet would say that if the president says this misinformation it's misinformation and we're not going we're not going to refute that we're not going to investigate that we're just going to take their word for it Journalism is fucking dead. This is why you cannot trust anything the Times writes. You can't even trust their sports section. You can't even trust their weather. You have to check the weather on your own. Check the box scores on your own. You cannot trust anything that is written in that piece of trash outlet where the newspaper should be used to wipe your shit off your ass. That's all they're good for. That's all they're good for. Can I make it any more plain? And if you have a a bowl of cereal in front of you or a dessert, I'm sorry. But this is just the way it is. It's just the way it is. And they keep on proving it every day. As I've said, as I've said, Democrats prove every day that they hate the Constitution. They just do, they despise it, they do. And news, in quote, outlets like the Times and the Post prove every day that journalism is dead, that they're not interested in real journalism. They're interested in being an arm of the government. They want the government to love them. They want the people who run the government to be their friends. They want to go to parties. They want to, they want to be invited to soirees. They want to be invited to dinners at the White House. They want to be buddy-buddy with these people. They do not want to be real journalists anymore. They're all shit and worthless. Hey, Bill. How's it going tonight?
2: Hey, Mike. Can you hear me okay? You got it. Okay, well, let's unpack the First Amendment and the... Um... The federal free speech laws, which prohibit states from limiting free speech, they obviously um, give journalists uh, you know, freedom to express their opinions on anything of national concern. They can speculate. They can. Um, uh, they don't have to be right. There's no one that says you have to be right when you're in journalism. You know that. For example, you look at. Tucker Carlson, he was sued prior to the Dominion lawsuit, Fox was sued, Tucker, uh, the claim was he, uh, there was a damage defamation suit against him. Right. Woman claimed uh, he made some comments that were defamatory. Well, that got thrown out by the courts uh, pursuant the, pardon me, I got a little burp coming here, but pursuant the federal free speech laws. Yeah. Brandenburg, Brandenburg vs. Ohio, New York Times vs. Sullivan, and Snyder versus Phelps. Plus, you know, Tucker Carlson, for example, or any opinion broadcast is just that. You know that. Um, Rachel Maldow, a lawsuit was brought against her. Same thing. Their lawyers went in, argued the same thing, and got thrown out. So the legal precedent is set. Um, and the case laws apply should apply that there's no under no circumstances they not be because if we don't have freedom of speech and if if journals have to worry whether or not they're going to get sued for damage defamation because they say something that may not be correct i mean let's look back at no weapons of mass destruction as it turned out not only that no iraqi hijackers by the way yeah. if you believe the hijack narrative there wasn't one iraqi hijack you don't hear that now 20, nearly 22 years later, Kim Idrisson just did a YouTube for July 4th which she had a guy on who was talking about the demolition of the towers. 22 years later, if it, there's been a lot of people who've been digging into that a lot longer. But it's finally at the point where she was able to put that up on YouTube. You know, and you and I touched on this a little bit last time. but uh, So it took nearly 22 years Prior to that, if you recall, Bush Cheney Runsville was like, you know, don't go along with these crazy conspiracy theorists. Right. You know? Right, right, right. Well, no one can explain how Building 7 dropped in a total unilateral free fall in 4.5 seconds, created a vacuum by dropping from the center first. It dropped faster than free fall. And that wasn't struck by a plane.
0: And that was before, you know, 9 11 was really. The I guess the uh, the early days of social media, right? There really was no Facebook or Twitter yet. Could you imagine how any of that stuff, all that stuff would have been censored if this were, you know, social media were around, you know, 22 years ago? People saying what you just said. And what you just said, Bill, whether people can agree with you or not, you have the right to that opinion. You have the right to that. And you could probably bring even stuff along with you that might back up that opinion.
3: But oh, a whole lot. you
0: had said that, if you had said that on social media um, in, let's say, November of twenty uh, of 2001, your account would have been deleted. Mm-hmm. Your account would have been suspended. Yeah, well... For saying that.
2: Absolutely. And mine was in Fablebook for citing COVID.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, now if you say stuff about 9-11, it's, I guess it's, you know, the... It's, so it's over two decades now, so they're not going right, right. You know, to go crazy the way they would have back then. But it's a uh, with right with COVID stuff. I'm, so I'm just saying that you have the right in this country to have an opinion, okay? People don't have to agree with your opinion. Uh, they can refute your opinion with other opinions or with facts or with evidence or whatever they want. But they have no right to not allow that opinion. It's called... <laughs> Freedom of speech is nothing in the First Amendment that says the speech has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt to be correct in order for it to be allowed. It doesn't say that. I don't see that caveat in the Constitution. I don't see it. But yet, you select, let me just give a couple of people, real good journalists, actual journalists, who commented on what the New York Times said about that judgment Gravian jets g-a-r-b-i-e-a-n dot com founder and conservative commentator tom elliott wrote let historians of the future see this and recall how the new york times was agitating for more government control of the media okay author michael schellenberger blasted the paper saying you guys have lost the plot and i think probably one of the greatest journalists living today Glenn Greenwald, accused the paper of advocating for government censorship with The Post, tweeting, of course, The New York Times depicts this anti-censorship ruling as a dangerous shield for, in quotes, disinformation. The most surreal fact of U.S. political life is that the leading advocates for unified state corporate censorship are large media corporations. Boy, he really, as usual, hits the nail around the head, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and this brings it right back to, um, you know, when you have legal precedent like the Tucker case and the Rachel Maddow case, for example, there's no, and you have many other cases, by the way, and so that's why the federal courts ruled on this. You no, know, there's laws set up, if you threaten someone online or something like with a physical threat, like you're going to harm them, well, you could be arrested for that. You know what I mean? You know, but expressing your opinion on something of national concern, nowhere does it say you have to be correct. And Joseph Politano talks about this. I'm going to broach into something that's very sensitive for people, but it needs to be talked about. He he stated that people who believe Sandy Hooks was a FEMA uh, capstone training event, like a lot of experts that I've cited in your chat, which have a right to say that and believe it based on the evidence that they've compiled. And we've got a lot of military, retired military commanding officers, police officers who have made that assessment. One assigned by Governor Jed Bush as a school safety expert who's a retired Florida State trooper, and I've sent you these DMs, a retired school principal and administrator, and has sold over 10,000 safety school programs all over this country is Wolfgang Halbig and he's a hero just like the January 6th uh, federal agents who came forward who exposed all that corruption and what we can call the fed surrection uh, you know this man is calling for a congressional grand jury investigation i'm behind him 110% i've done my journalistic investigation i've talked to him three times and you know you told me if i want to talk about it i can so i'll leave it at that i don't i can go a lot deeper i could talk for hours about this but There's so much here that, even if you believe it happened, right, you have incident commanders for the Newtown police and the EMS and paramedics, they did not allow any of those reported uh, casual, let's say injured initially, to be treated. Not one EMT was allowed in the building, and they were told to set up what are called trauma mats outside, and not one a person who was reportedly shot was, uh you know, and died so reportedly, 27, including the shooter, was ever brought out to the trauma mat. Now, one medical evac helicopter was ever called. All that violates protocol, uh, and all those EMTs, incident commander, and new town police should be sued if things happen the way they said it did. Because as so so far out, and on the extreme. By the way, when it comes to trauma, the, the, it has to be a medical doctor to determine someone dead at the hospital, unless they're decapitated. And you look at JFK, who was shot in the head; he was rushed to the hospital into surgery. So, what should have happened there was the incident commander in should have called in the medical evac helicopters, thirteen minutes away from Hartford helipad, flown in surgeons, whatever it took to treat people. And tre- none of that happened, Mike. I know. No, I know. So my point is this. There's people in calling who right away want to jump on my ass because I point out aberrations that are so extreme that there needs to be an investigation, and I contend that Wolfgang Halbig is right on point. And you know what? I'm entitled to my opinion without being berated and insulted and everything, whether they like it or not. I'm entitled to my opinion and to express it. It's of national concern. It involves the First Amendment, it involves school safety, it involves gun rights, it involves uh, right to due process and, and criminal and s- civil settings. All these things are relevant, including freedom in the press. So, you know, I want to just make that case. And, and so finally, after nearly 22 years, you have Kim Iverson tiptoeing right. into 9-11.
0: And what you're right? about, Bill, let me just interject here there's a lot of this uh, national review contributor pradeep Shankar, he, he he commented on this also saying i'm sorry uh, uh, the pra- pradeep Shankar, he's a he writes for the national review okay. and he said of course the times can't admit that it's the government that was sometimes spreading misinformation how that fact is right. of course lost on the new york times that uh, according to the new york times in 2023 the government. Never spreads misinformation. Ever, ever, ever. Right, right, right. This, these people are to be taken seriously as journalists. It's an, it's insane.
2: It truly is. Yeah, let me let me add two more quick things. When you have Go expert ahead. witnesses, there's two more expert witnesses. All were retaliated against, just like the district f- uh, federal agents for the FBI were retaliated against. You had Wolfgang. You have um, James Tracy, who was a tenured professor in media and ethics. Median ethics, he knows exactly, for Florida Atlantic University, he was sounding the alarm, just like Wolfgang, and then you also have uh, James H. Fetzer, tenured philosophy professor over 30 years, uh, you know, uh, at at University of Minnesota, uh, and then he's also, oh, oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Wolfgang's retired military, and Fetzer's retired commanding officer, U.S. Marine Corps, in weapons, ballistics, and explosives. Tell me these men don't have the background. I'll tell you what, if my kid was killed, right, I'd want people like them investigating and finding out why the hell incident commanders didn't call in paramedics allowed in that building and allowed to treat my kid immediately. Because seconds count in those matters, if someone's bleeding out. And that never happened. And who declared them dead? Wolfgang had three FOIA hearings. First he put in FOIA requests, then three FOIA hearings. He never got answers to those questions. And and there were school okay. officials who violated subpoena. Yeah, I don't want
0: to get want to okay, this right now, Bill. But All I, right. I know, I know, know. I do, do want to play devil's advocate. Um, I want to answer a question. What what is the what many people would be asking would be this, Bill? Why why, why do all this?
2: I'll tell you exactly why. If you go back to '95, Eric Holder as Department of Justice, he came up through the DOJ, you know, before he became Attorney General, right? Eric Holder cited and a woman, a female, a Democratic uh, like convention uh, kind of uh, rally, right? And you can find this online. He said, we must change the way Americans think about guns. We must brainwash them, not just every Monday, but every day of the week. Now, I want to touch on something about that. Obama signed the Smith-Mundt Modernization Act of 2012, months before this first uh, elementary school shooting, as reported. Months before. Now, the Smith-Mundt Act of 1948 prevented domestic propaganda, our State Department domestically propagated, is I guess through media but in the Modernization Act it should be called the domestic propaganda Act because that was lifted right in the Modernization Act huh yeah that's what Obama signed and that was baked into the National Defense Authorization Act of 2013 so that allows the State Department to actually pay the you know a big media uh, mainstream media, to, propag- to propagandize us, to put forth whatever narrative they want, if they feel it's of national concern. Now, let's unpack something real quick. Okay, in 2021, all deaths due to guns was just over 48,000, best of my recollection. You can check this out. I forget the exact number. 40,000 and change.
0: That's about, right. about right. Okay. Just
2: about right. Sounds about right. Now, 54% of those were suicides. Mm-hmm. Over half were suicides. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you know, someone could buy a gun, be in a good state of mind, and they could lose someone due to the jab. You know what I mean? Happens. Yeah. You know, And get depressed. Anything can happen. I don't know how you monitor that one. You know? Okay. So 54%. Okay. Now, you had 3% due to other, like, people dying in police conflicts, things of that nature. 3%. And so that left 43% due to what you might call, violent crimes committed with guns okay mm-hmm. of those 0.25 percent 103 of the 48,000. 0.25 percent were reported mass casualty events of four people or more 0.25 percent mike so where should we be focusing our attention and energies if you want to save lives when it comes to guns now every well, death is a tragedy yeah
0: well uh, obviously right. regular crime violent crime in the inner cities
2: right Blood exactly bloodline.
0: yeah yeah now
2: what what they've found is everywhere they've created like these safe zones where guns aren't allowed the crime rate goes up because when you do that what you do is you take guns out of the hands of, of law abiding people of yes
0: right it tells the criminals this is a safe place for you to be a criminal
2: It's insane. Now, I want to touch on something else real quick. An AR-15, as Lynn said, is not an automatic weapon. It's a semi-automatic rifle. Just like a Smith & Wesson revolver, the old Western, is a semi-automatic rifle. You don't have to reload it every time you pull the trigger. But you do have to pull the trigger every time. All AR-15s sold in this country legally are semi-automatic. There's not one automatic machine gun assault rifle sold legally in this country. There's a lot of black market sales going on all over the world. It happens to be that the United States is the largest weapons manufacturer and trader of arms by the way if you want to unpack that one but how mm-hmm. where all those guns come from that end up in mexico there's only one gun you manufacture in mexico we have smith and wesson that's in massachusetts we have remington arms it was right here in stratford right. i don't know where they are now that they've moved their office out of stratford their location but but the point i'm trying to make is most of the guns are made in the united states that are sold at least in, Central America and often around the world. And don't let's not forget about Iran Contra, you know, all our weapons trading even with Saudi Arabia to this day, to back up the petrodollar, so we have that agreement, et cetera, et cetera. So what I'm getting at is that the the idea that we're gonna pass gun laws that criminals are gonna abide to is absolute nonsense. No,
0: of course. <laughs> once again, these are virtue-signaling, no-common-sense ideas that the left loves. The left is full of these virtue-signaling, zero-common-sense ideas.
2: Full of them. Full of them. Exactly. (laughs) And that's Obama, Eric Holder. You asked me why. There's your motive. Like, when you look at what's a crime, you look at two things, Mike. You look at what's called mens re, which is the uh, mental mindset. You already have Eric Holder tell you. He wants to brainwash you and me and everybody else into not carrying guns, right? He only told us his mindset. And then you have the actus ray, the action. Well, how are they going to brainwash people? Well, how do you brainwash people? It's called problem-reaction-solution, or what you have to do is you have to destabilize, de- de- demoralize people. This is ideological subversion. This is Breslinov. Okay, you have to de- demoralize, destabilize people. You have to put them in a state of crisis. Well, but right.
0: Once again, I, I have to end the call on the second bill. I do want to, I, I want to talk about one other uh, aspect of this ruling, and also I need to. I'll finish with Lance, but I do want to say this bill. I'm going to play the devil's advocate once again with you okay, I hear what you're saying. They want to brainwash people. I understand that. There have been people who have said that, you know, that they want people to, um, obviously, every time these things happen, they bring up, of course, guns, and and they brainwash people into believing that the guns are the problem, not the people, so on and so forth. But what I would say to you is, playing the devil's advocate here, is why would you have to create these things when they're eventually going to happen? From time to time
2: well, to it's, there's, James H. Fetzer dives into this deep. You know, Mike, just like, let me just plant this seed, because this is something people aren't ready to hear. This is the same government that we have that has lied us into every war since I've been alive. I was born in 1960, and if you believe Stanley yes. Butler, war is a racket long before that, okay? Right. So you keep that in mind, number one. Number two... There's a guy, John Perkins, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, one and two you may have heard about. He talks about our covert wars, our proxy wars, and how we overthrow governments. Well, John Perkins, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, Hitman 2 is about how we do it domestically now. Mm -hmm. And so we need to start looking. I suggest to everybody, what we need to do is listen to a guy like Wolfgang and have a congressional grand jury investigation for two reasons. One, if it did happen, then there's gross negligence, dereliction of duty, including a medical malpractice that needs to be uncovered. Two, if it didn't happen all the more because if he's right, then 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 we need to start deconstructing. Like, like I said, Mike, 0.25%. It's not as often as it's being portrayed to be. And what, let's not forget our government, uh, and we'll look at January 6th. Were we told the truth about that? No, of course not. So, what makes everybody believe right away that all these reported mass casualty events are real? And one last thing, Mike, I want to say one more thing. The trigger is the booby trap, the psyop is this. If you recall Kuwait, Desert Storm, right? The Iraqi first invasion. What was the red line, the trigger that got people all frothed up? That supposedly um, Iraqi soldiers took babies out of incubators and threw them on the ground, right? Yeah. Uh, our kuwaiti ambassador's daughter testified to that very moving testimony that was all an act she was coached that turned out to be a lie and so it's not the same
0: lies with ukraine now aren't we i mean yeah bill of course you're right 100 percent. the government and and the and and the media as it's constructed now is that they're both the most the most disgusting uh, uh purveyors of misinformation around yet they gaslight by saying everyone else is, is purveying misinformation and they're telling the truth
2: right right and the capstone training event uh, that's the last thing was signed by obama in 2012 which integrated all levels of government they, if they were going to do something like this it's called the capstone fema dhs training event and the first selectman of woman of newtown testified in the FOIA hearings that wolfgang was the petitioner that dhs was directly involved from the beginning, and drop the sign, everyone must check in. No first responder checks in to a mass casualty event, ever. But they do have to check in if if there's going to be a capstone training event, and porta-potties were delivered inside the crime scene before it was secure. That would never happen, ever, ever. And only 15 kids were escorted out out of 464. Where's all the photos of all the rest of the kids being escorted out of there? There's so much here, Mike, that right away Lance is going to come in, and he's done this in my own room, Relax. and just scream like a maniac.
0: Lance, Lance says he wants to talk about SCOTUS. So we'll make sure he keeps it to SCOTUS. But um, I do want to say I'm going to, I'm going to end with this, Bill. Um, this is the only personal tidbit I have on Go
2: ahead. Um,
0: not, not the Newtown one. This is the, the one I want to talk about is the the one in Florida. right? What was the one in Florida again with David Hogg a few years ago? I, you know, be
2: honest with that. I have to research that. I haven't dove into that. Oh, uh, yeah. One. The,
0: one, the one in Florida. The one, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have any personal connection to one in Newtown, but I know the one in Florida, the one with David Hogg, when, of course, David Hogg just all of a sudden became this big the advocate against the Second Amendment, right? Here, here's a kid that happened. Even that is fishy, right? This kid who's in. The, <laughs> if, if you remember David Hogg, he was in the school, right, while it was happening in Florida. And uh, the whole time, he's like, doing a a video of it right i mean here's a someone who's supposedly shooting up your school and yet you have the 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 wherewithal to just start a a video session right anyway so any videotaping everyone hiding and and doing commentary and stuff of course every, normally in that situation you're shitting in your pants right anyway so and then of course this kid David Hogg becomes this ridiculous you know anti second amendment crusader anti NRA crusader so almost as though that was all planned, Bill. Almost as though.
2: Well, you know, the, 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 you got to keep in mind, the feds were directly involved, you know, all the way to the Department of right. Justice on January 6th. There,
0: the, there was also the other guy whose daughter was um, uh, reportedly killed. And I believe his last name was Gutenberg. Gutenberg, And uh, he also became this big anti-NRA crusader based on the fact that his daughter was, was killed in this mass shooting. I know someone who is a neighbor of Gutenberg, and he said to me, Mike, about two years before the shooting happened, he was walking with this guy, Gutenberg, and he was talking to Gutenberg about the area they live in and how safe it is, and it is a very safe area. Uh, Parkland, Parkland, right? Yes. It's a very, oh, the Parkland. Very, Parkland, okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a suburb of you know, Fort Lauderdale, that area, it's, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very safe place. There's not much crime there. So he said he's walking with Gutenberg one day, and this is like two years before the shooting happened. And he says to him, he says, you know, isn't it great that we live in a place like this where all this craziness is happening with shootings all over the country? And Gutenberg said to him, and he never forgot that he said this. Well, that kind of thing can happen anywhere. You'd be surprised. That's exactly what he said. You'd be surprised. That kind of thing can happen anywhere. And it just so happened two years later. It happened in his city, and his daughter was killed. And he remembered he had said that, and he reported this to his wife. And he said, my God, this guy Gutenberg said this to me two years ago. He he said this to me. And the wife said, oh, you're crazy. It's a coincidence. It's nothing. This is after it happened. This is like on the day it happened, or the day after it happened. Very, very, very short period of time. And he said, I tell you what, why don't you go over to the Gutenberg's house? Why don't you go there and comfort them, see how they're doing? So she went, his wife went to the house and about an hour later, she comes back and she says, you know what? I don't know what I just saw there, but I, I, I <laughs> all I can tell you is it felt as though it was as if their daughter were in a, a bike accident and was in the nurse's office. That's, that was the vibe she got. It was not, the vibe of there was this horrible mass shooting and their daughter was just a victim of this mass shooting it was like oh well it's another day that we have to deal with and she was just yeah, what she saw she could she could not believe what she saw and her, her 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 mother and father their grandparents were already somehow there i think this might have been the same day it happened they were already there they didn't live there um she said it was just a very odd situation. So I can give you those two little tidbits of someone I know who was close to that, who was suspect of things, just like you are, of these mass shootings. And he said he'll never forget those two things, what Gutenberg said to him two years before it happened, and also the his wife's reporting on how everyone was just acting way too normal for something as devastating as what just happened. So that's all I can add. That's all I can yeah, add.
2: Well- uh, you triggered two quick thoughts I'd like to close with, if you'd give me another Go ahead. minute. Go ahead. Okay. First of all, there's hard evidence. I'm talking video evidence examining all the uh, major news broadcasts, uh, reels that there's a fellow there without getting into any great detail who's clearly not an FBI SWAT team member because he's carrying his gun by the magazine, upside down, at his side, pointed backwards, dangling at his side, wave like walking back and forth with it like you would swing your arms with the shoulder harness dangling. Now, anyone who knows anything about guns, because I took an NRI uh, safety program when I was 12. My neighbor got me involved. That man would have been arrested as a suspect and immediately disarmed. He is supposedly an FBI SWAT team member. Yeah. But if you do, if you look into him, he's he's a known credited actor who plays two roles. And I've got all this, and I check this out with my sources, or like Wolfgang. He plays two roles. He plays a. FBI SWAT team member, and he also plays a parent. And then he gets on the anti-gun, you know, uh, circuit. And then Obama, he meets with Obama and Holder. By the way, Obama and Holder, Holder flew in uh, uh, roughly a, six weeks prior. And the town of Newtown was flooded with money, $200 million, $50 million for a school, elementary school to rebuild, which, by the way, actually cost about $7 mil at the time. So there's a lot of very sus things going on here. There's a lot more. And the last thing is, regarding Alice Jones' civil trials, both Judge Napolitano and Robert Barnes, who's a constitutional and defense attorney out of Yale, both say they they will not stand up at all, no way, based on the federal case laws, and bring these to federal court. If need be, they will be thrown out. However, you feel about it is not the point. The point is, the he, Wolfgang Halbig. When I talked to him, told me that he goes. First of all, he was sued in Florida when it came down to depositions, it was dropped. Yeah. They lawfared him. Then in the he was named in the Connecticut suit as a defendant on the Alice Jones case. He goes, Did you know that, Bill? I'm like, No, I can't believe it. What happened? He goes, Well, I told uh, Alice Jones' attorney to depose me and basically adjudicate the FOIA hearing subpoena violations. And adjudicate the FOIA hearing in civil, you'll get it all exposed. He never heard another word from Alex Jones' attorney or anybody. It was dropped. Now, if you think about this, Mike, Wolfgang was the petitioner for the FOIA hearings. The Infowars sent a reporter to Trinity Street, right here in Hartford, Trinity Street, Dave DeBond, De, uh, Badandi, to interview Wolfgang, and he did. And that's at the end of the first FOIA hearing. By the way, these FOIA hearings are still available on Rumble and the Rumble Library, along with a video on Sandy Hook revisited, Wolfgang Halbig, where he's calling for this congressional grand jury investigation. So that's in the public domain still. So um, now, now just to wrap it up, okay? So when when you now, Mike, if you're reporting on this, like info was was and they dropped the lawsuit against the guy that you were using as your expert that you reported on and that you interviewed (laughs) multiple times how could you be sued they dropped the lawsuit against him
0: Uh, yeah that's true that's a good point
2: there's no chain of liability it's gone there's there's no intent of malice reporting on this by me now or anybody that's all been fabricated there's no intent of malice he had right to report on the open air public for hearing Not open air, you know what I mean, open to the public for your hearing. There's no intent of malice going to Trinity Street in Arford and reporting on something we all have a right to do as citizens of this country to file FOIA requests. And if you don't get your response, it's all redacted or you don't get anything to have appeal hearings. There was three of them. Yeah. There's no intent of malice. David Knight reported it, followed up, and then there's in the, in the uh, Senator who could visit a video. Wolfgang makes the it's an hour and 18 minutes that that summarizes all this. His phone numbers at the end. That's and I got a hold of him after listening to, listen to multiple, multiple hours and hours. I just recently found this video in the Rumble in the last month, but prior to that, I I, I studied this extensively because I'm disabled. I'm home, and the main why do I study it? Is because the First Amendment rights of free speech is primary to have a democracy and a right to due process. And this, the idea that someone changes their mind, like, uh, like, uh, Alice Jones did, can happen for many reasons without getting into all that. It's still an opinion, it's not, it's not legal, uh, legally relevant. It's his opinion in court. It's hearsay, it means nothing, it's just his thoughts. That's that's nothing. What matters is the evidence. And so you have no, you can't prove, there's no way to prove intent of pure malice. That's impossible. So you don't have the very first thing to to charge anyone with damages because they're reporting on something, whether they're right or wrong. Number one, number two, there's a two-year statute, two-year statute limitations on damages in Connecticut and Texas. And I, and based on when the reported incident happened, it's from first utterance, not from the last thing you say, it's from your first utterance. If you're going to make your claims to first utterance, you have to file your lawsuit within the statute. Otherwise, you have no standing. That's creating the House and Senate of every state two years. Bill, yeah, I'm going to move on. Bill. All exceeded. I'll, I'll finish. finish. All those statutes were long expired because yeah. this lawsuit went filed to 2018 in Texas you, and in I Connecticut. All right, brother. Thank
0: you. <laughs> of course. Of course. Very passionate about that stuff, Bill. I love the passion. I like to have passion from someone else other than just me. <laughs> Am I the only passionate person in this world? No. Bill's very passionate. Lance is very passionate. Daniel is very passionate. Uh, when he doesn't have to go to bed early to work at Berkeley the next day. <laughs> Imagine poor Daniel having to work at Berkeley. Think about that, Daniel and Berkeley. But that's the problem. Look, I'll, I'm going to mention one more thing about this Skoda stuff, but I do want to, I'll wrap up the stuff that Bill was talking about. It doesn't help the Democrats in the left's uh, case when every time there's a shooting that they consider mass, they don't, the Democrats don't consider they don't consider a shooting in chicago they don't consider the 20 people that are shot in chicago every weekend as a mass shooting for some reason because it's several different events even though 20 people were shot that's not a mass shooting the democrats they don't talk about when when blacks kill blacks in chicago they don't come out and say a fucking thing about guns or the second amendment but when something like this happens in philadelphia where it's a random shooting um, all of a sudden, they jump out and talk about the Second Amendment, even though, from what I understand, there have been some reports that the person who committed this uh, this sh- this crime, who shot five people dead or four or five people dead, is a BLM member who dresses in woman's clothes. They don't want to talk about that stuff. But it doesn't help their cause that every time something like this happens, they immediately jump out and talk about guns and the Second Amendment and how it's the, all the Republicans' fault. So, That doesn't help their cause when it comes to people like Bill and many others who think these things are done just to brainwash the public. Uh, Jen Psaki. Uh, I can't stand I can't stand her white pasty face every time I see it. It gives me chills. Um, She was named, by the way, several times by that federal judge in Louisiana. Um, temporarily preventing White House officials from meeting with Tem companies about social media censorship. The injunction said that Saki publicly began pushing Facebook and other social media platforms to censor COVID-19 misinformation on May 5, 2021. At a White House press conference, Saki, Sucky that's <laughs> name should be Stucky, publicly reminded Facebook and other social media platforms of the threat of legal consequences if they do not censor misinformation more aggressively. It continued. The injunction by Judge Terry Doty was in response to recent lawsuits from Louisiana, Missouri, attorneys general. So um, the injunction also added that Saki said the White House wanted every social media platform to do more to call out misinformation and disinformation and to uplift accurate information, meaning information that comes from her mouth during a press conference in February of 2022. So, uh, Jen Saki was really at the front and center of all of this totalitarian fascist censorship, so much so that she was named by this judge. Uh, and once again, this is what we get from from this, these Orwellian Ministry of Truth censors. They say the same shit all the time. What we say is the truth. And if you say something we don't agree with, it's misinformation and it must be censored and you must be canceled and your account must be suspended and you must be punished. What we say is the truth. You don't get any more Orwellian than a government official saying what comes from us is the truth. And if you say something we don't disagree, we don't agree with, it's misinformation and must be censored and destroyed. There's nothing more Orwellian about that. But because these people aren't behind bars yet, not only are they not behind bars, she's on fucking MSNBC making millions, probably making $10, $15 million a year. So where is the punishment? Where, why aren't we shutting these people up and putting them behind bars for these acts of felony, for these felonious acts that took place over the last three fucking years? If they were in jail and behind bars, we couldn't hear them right? They'd be behind bars. No one would care what they're screaming. They could scream to their heart's content for the duration of their sentence. But there'd also be a record of these people being punished, and this stuff would not happen again, or it wouldn't happen again for a very, very long time. But they're not being punished. They're being rewarded by their friends in the media who are just like them, who are just as fascist as they are, so they uplift them and they give them more money and more fame and more power. And when that happens, people in the future will look at this and say, well, why don't we do the same thing? We can be rewarded for it. Until they're punished, meaning put in a jail cell, this will only happen more often and our constitution will be torn to shreds. I'm going to give Lance the last word. Lance,
1: what's up? I don't know uh, where you think I stand politically, but uh, what if I told you that it would be impossible, impossible to be a stronger Second Amendment advocate than me?
0: You said that many times. Okay, I'll take your word.
1: I mean it. I'm saying that militias are mentioned twice in the Constitution. And if you had retired generals who had, who still have, and they do, retired generals and officers that have, security clearance ongoing then citizens should control nukes because I'm a total populist Mike you don't understand right I'm heterodox too right so when it comes to SCOTUS and Second Amendment you, you can't get more stronger Second Amendment than me right You so you can't so okay but okay now Abraham Lincoln what do you think of him as a president
0: the fuck do I know? I wasn't around. <laughs> oh no, come on, man. Come on.
1: Don't
0: pop I think what's he's overall. What what do I know? What, do, what what do you know about Lincoln? What he was ri- what's written about him in the history books? That's what you know about Lincoln. You know the same things I know about Abraham Lincoln. We know the same things. What what's okay. written in history books? Okay. That's why what's written in the history books matters, Lance. No, no,
1: no, 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 okay, okay, I want to make an overall point about SCOTUS. You know what? Here it is, Mike. I'm a populist, you know what I mean? So, populism, no, I'm, not, I'm a header. has it.
0: been bastardized.
1: Everyone calls No, 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 no. Right? but what I mean is, but you know what I mean, because you know that I have some, like, I, I like uh, the idea of, um, universal health care and a lot of, uh, I check I try to, I check, okay I check a lot of left wing boxes. Wait,
0: okay, we're not going to get into universal health care, but okay, you're full universal
1: No, 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 no. but what I'm saying is but, I'm a heterodox thinker. Okay, here here it is. This is what I mean by being unpopular as far as Supreme Court and as far as Abraham Lincoln he expanded the court because he didn't like the idea that the very conservative, far the Democrats at the time. I know, yes. pro-slavery people. Yeah, but it was a progression. In other words, they they were not happy with um, like free and uh, and slave states. They wanted all of them to be slave, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to get into a whole bunch of bullshit, right? So, no, you know. But what I'm saying is that. Lincoln expanded the court because that's what the people wanted at the time. Lincoln Lincoln didn't give a fuck if we were all slave or all free. He just wanted us to be all one. Okay, what I'm saying is, okay, as far as SCOTUS, okay, 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 let me make this point. In the 60s, right, the liberal court, the Warren and Burger court, they definitely expanded the court to suit what they wanted to happen. <laughs> they did. They were they were definitely an activist court. Here's my point. Here's my point. The Supreme Court ain't fucking gods. They're not superior to Congress. The House of Representatives even if it's a bunch of drunks, there that, are three. Wait a minute. Let, 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 let me make my point, please, Mike. Of government, oh, why, why, wait, yeah, what I'm saying—they
0: are the be-all and end-all in the judicial branch.
1: No, they're not. You know yes, why? They no, they're, they're not. No, you yes, know they why? Are. No. Let me. Let me. In other words, Mike. Let me just make a general point. This is not Their a bad the,
0: the ruling is not a suggestion? It's the law of the land.
1: Their no, it isn't. Is no,
0: no, it's not. No,
1: it's not. No. Can I give you two examples? I'll give you two examples. Lance. I already mentioned Lincoln. He expanded the court, not threatened to expand the court. He expanded the court to make sure that he could get these anti-slavery stuff in the 30 40, 50th Amendment before he got killed. Okay. FDR. Now everybody, everybody talks about FDR, and I think you know your history. Maybe about FDR, he supposedly uh, lost the battle about expanding the court uh, when he was president. Now, when he now there's no okay. So can I say one thing? The affirmative action case that came out to the Supreme Court, totally correct what they did. All right, anyway, But going back to FDR. Now, listen, really, it's 30 seconds here.
0: But it's your opinion That's correct. It's my opinion they correct, too. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. I'm not trying to... The, well, historically speaking.
0: matter. FDR. Matter.
1: No, no, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying, Mike, let, let, me, let me make a general point. It's not about right-wing, left-wing, or liberal or conservative or what's good or bad. What I'm saying is this. This is just like a historical perspective. Right? FDR... When they wanted, when he wanted to put through the New Deal program, right? And he did all that stuff: the AAA, and the AAA, and the FTC or not what whatever. It was all these um, agencies and organizations, some of which, frankly, if you really were a, a judicial scholar, may, might have been unconstitutional. Some weren't. Some, some were perfectly valid. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is. When FDR threatened to expand the court to 10 or whatever it was, all of a sudden he had the vote because at first they wouldn't let him do it. Okay. Okay. Uh, then all of a sudden he had the vote. Because there was a very conservative, uh, strong uh, anti-FDR at the time. Anyway, and, and so the, all of a sudden the Supreme Court said, you know what? Maybe some of these programs are okay. Here's my point, and I'm, this is not a left-wing or right-wing thing. Whether it's corporations, okay, whether it's the Supreme Court, Ultimately, they're not just these men in robes that are just interpreting stuff. They're not gods. No, they do what the fuck we want. And when they don't do what we want, Abraham Lincoln expanded the court. FDR threatened to expand the court. Okay, okay, okay. Let me, let Who's me, no, wait, we? wait, wait. wait let me, let, now, wait, let Please, me say one more who thing. Who is The warrant the Warren, the Warren wait, let me say one thing, though, Mike. Let me, let me be honest. Let me be honest. The war the Warren. do
0: what we want.
1: Wait a minute, if wait, wait, wait. Wait, want. wait, let me say one more thing.
0: Any court isn't always gonna have a hundred percent support.
1: No, no. What, no, no. What I'm saying is in the sixties, right, the Warren and Burger Court, because you're you're you, you switched from being more liberal to more conservative, I get that. The Warren and Burger Court in the sixties definitely, they definitely expanded uh the uh, the meaning of what was in the original constitution they did they did they expanded it and twisted it and not twisted it they didn't twist it they they took it to its logical conclusion in ways but you know what good you know why cuz it helped people and here's what i mean The original founders, I don't care whether it was the Federalists or or Jefferson, they said, look, guys, this isn't perfect. This is a framework. You got to change it, like, all the time. And so what I'm saying, Mike, is I don't care what side of the podium you're on or what side of the uh, political spectrum you're on. You know, fuck SCOTUS, fuck Congress, fuck all these people. We get to decide what SCOTUS does. And no. No, no, they're not superior intellectuals that get to decide whether they're from the left in the 60s who twisted things to, they definitely did stretch things to the left, or whether it's these far right assholes that we have on the right. No, they just do what the people want. The people do not want what these far right assholes on the court right now. They're Christo fascists and they're scumbags. Oh. L- L- Lego lens. Come on, please. Come on.
0: You're being ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. They are the opposite of the activist court. An activist court does exactly what you say. They're activists. They're not judges. And we're seeing that now. And that might change in different periods of time in our country. But right now we're seeing the left-wing ones are activists. They're activists. They're saying this is what we believe is best for society. This is what we believe is best. We believe this is what racism is. We believe this is what affirmative action is good because we believe it's good. They're not following the Constitution. They're not following the letter of the law. Right now, we're having the conservative justices. They simply apply the Constitution. It doesn't, like I say, political narrative doesn't matter. That's not the job. You might think it is or should be. But it's not the job. My opinion is, in the opinion of many people, pure constitutionalists, that it's not the job of the court. It's not the job of the court to bring politics into the discussion, to say, oh, this is what I personally feel is best for society. The Constitution is a document that is written. It's not living and breathing. Now, there are things in the Constitution, there are caveats that allow us to change it. If we want, then you have to go through the legal proceedings as written in the constitution to change amendments. We have done that over time, right? We've amended them. We've added them. You can do that. We were told by the founding fathers that you can do that because they believed that times would change and things would change and values would change. And yes, so there are ways to change it. But what's written in there now, as we speak, needs to be applied and the supreme court the justices who believe in the constitution right not who are not political activists have applied the constitution much to the dismay of who who is most upset at any of these rulings political activists political activists are upset but that's not the job of the court to be political activists it's to apply the constitution To these rulings. Race should not be used when it comes to getting a job or to getting in this case uh, into a college. Race should not be the guiding principle as to who gets into college and who doesn't. Okay. Period. Abortion, going back to last year's court, is a state's rights issue it is not a federal issue. It is not. It should not be up to nine justices whether abortion is legal or not. It should be up to the people in each state to elect people in those states. And those people can decide in those states whether they believe abortion should be legal or not or limited or whatever it may be, based on the people who they elect. So the power should be in the hands of the people in the states, not the federal government, not nine Supreme Court justices, which is what the activist court did in 1971 whatever it was okay that activist court said we'd like abortion so we're going to make it federally legal that's it what else what's the what's the latest there are so many rulings i can't keep track of uh, of all the rulings Uh, uh, biden with his uh, student loan forgiveness the power of the person written the constitution is given to congress not to the president The president can't unilaterally say, "Okay, all debt's gone, all debt's gone. And these people are going to pay for it. What's he going to do? What's next? Car loans, all debt, all car loan debt's gone. And these people are going to pay for it. The, The president's not the dictator. The president might think this one might think he's the dictator, but he's not the dictator. The power of the purse is in Congress. So if you want this student loan, debt forgiveness, you go through Congress and you have Congress pass it and then the president can sign it. That's the way it's written in the Constitution. And the Supreme Court is their judgment is the law of the land that's written in the Constitution. They are the law of the land. They are the top of the judicial branch and their word is the last word. Now, you can expand the court. Do it. But once the court is expanded, whatever that court rules is the ruling, period. But if Biden expands the court, then DeSantis can expand the court. And we could play that game forever. And the Democrats in Biden know that. And that's not a game they want to play forever. So it's not going to happen. Once again, the, the expanding of the court, just like the student debt loan forgiveness, just like abortion, these are carrots. The Democrats dangle to get votes. They know none of it's ever going to happen. They know the law. They know what's going to happen. They're not going to get a, do- a student loan forgiveness. They know abortion belongs at the state level. They understand that the, the, the court's not going to be expanded because that game can be played back and forth forever. And what's the court going to be eventually? 5,000 uh, judges? It's ridiculous. So the fact of the matter is we don't always have to agree with what the Supreme Court says. We're not. Half of the country in some cases, won't agree with what they say. But most of us are not (laughs) constitutional experts either. Most of us are not legal experts anyway. And these people should be the best at their jobs. They should be the best legal minds, right? They have to go through a process to get there. They can't just be appointed by the president. They have to go through, we know that, a process in the Senate to actually get those jobs. So it's to the point where we're we're not (laughs) going to, you can't. Back when the court was more left, right, the right disagreed with a lot of what they said. But what they did not do, I don't remember them doing, maybe some people did, and they were wrong if they did it, is what we're seeing a lot of people on the left doing now which is doing what Lance did, which is childishly saying they're full of shit, they're horrible, they're corrupt. And that's not the case. That's actually very dangerous to do that. It is incredibly dangerous. You have freedom of speech. You have the right to say anything you want about the Supreme Court. But I find it incredibly dishonest and disruptive and counterproductive to shit on the court, simply because you don't like their judgments. Period. But nobody's perfect, right? Anyway, okay. So, I'm going to end the show. It was a good show. It was a good show. I want to thank Lance and uh, Bill for calling in and adding, and Vlad called in and, you know, adding some spice to the show. Um, I want to remind everyone that this show is on weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern time, which means I'll be right back with you tomorrow night. I'll be here again tomorrow night, Thursday night, okay? But until then, this is Mike Chopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.